Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 140. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation. I have received so many requests for a book detailing the step-by-step process of creating your own podcast. Well, the day has arrived. Podcast launch has hit the Amazon store. I share everything in this book and have included 15 incredible video tutorials that go along with the purchase. If you pick up podcast launch and enjoy, I would love a review on Amazon. Go to podcastlaunch.com to snag your copy and get instant access to all 15 video tutorials. That's podcastlaunch.com. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Phil Rogers. Phil, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, definitely. All right. Phil is a founder and CEO at Revenizer. Revenizer is focused on everyday business and provides a feedback loop for online marketing, Simple scorecards with easily actionable expert advice on how to improve. Business owners can easily monitor and share their key marketing stats and browse instantly actionable tips on how to be better. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Phil, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, where you're from, how old you are, and then take another minute and tell us about your business. Sure. Uh, so um, I'm originally from New Zealand and uh, I'm based in Providence right now. Uh, so, uh, and I'm 44, uh, so I've been doing a range of different entrepreneurial activities for a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, and the business is, uh, it is really about trying to help the, uh, the, what I call the, uh, the, the 10% marketer. The, uh, one, one guy said to me, uh, you know, he, he runs his business and he's got 90% of the time he's operating the business and he's got 10% of his time to spend on marketing it. And uh, I think that's a, a pretty big segment of the, of the world. And, uh, so that, that's that's who we're trying to help, and and really it's about, uh, you know, on, online marketing is very confusing, dynamic, hard to keep up with. We're trying to simplify it and and, and bring resources together to make it a, something people can can continuously improve on and be anchored around some key numbers. So that's really what it's about. Awesome. Well, we're definitely going to delve more into that later, Phil. But before we do, let's start off how we start off every show, which is with a success quote. Because an entrepreneur on fire, we love getting that motivational ball rolling. And Phil, I know you have a great success goal for us, so go ahead and hit Fire Nation with what you got. Well, uh, I, my one's from Adrian Brody, the actor, and uh, he said his dad told him it would take him 15 years to become an overnight success, and uh, Adrian said it actually took him 17 and a half. So <laughs> I think I think it sums up uh, what I, I, I apply that, I guess, and um, by looking at, you know, it really is about persistence. Uh, it's about keeping the energy levels up and, and continually can you continue to be creative, even though it's uh, you know it's sometimes a hard slog and tough uh, at certain periods. So now I do love that. Let's take it down to the ground level and just really share with us how you would apply that mantra or how you just take that and look at that for your everyday business or your everyday mentality. Well, it's just I mean. You know, businesses don't fail for any other reason than people give up. <laughs> That's the uh, reality of it. So, uh, you know, there, there is, if you've got a big problem and you've got a solution uh, that you think is 
going to solve that problem. Uh, sooner or later, with enough creativity, with enough energy, you can figure it out. It, it, if the problem's there and you're, and you're close to the people who have the problem and, and you're listening to them, I, I just think eventually you've got to be flexible with your solution. But eventually you can figure something out that can uh, that can turn into a good business. So it's it's just a... It's a time, energy, and, and, and grinding it out. Now, I think a lot of the time, uh, you know, for me anyway, it, it, it is a lot of grinding out and just sort of, you know, uh, keeping motivated, keeping pushing, and, uh, you know, keeping the, the ball rolling up the hill, the rock we're going up the hill. So, Well, real quick, what's an example of where you could have given up or you almost did give up, but because you really just put your head down and continue to grind out that you found success? For me, it's like, you know, uh, a couple of times a week, I'm sitting there going, wow, am I doing the right thing? And then, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, at that point, you know, you, you just got to, I, I, you know, you got you to look at look at it and go, well, you know, I, you take it back to your core principle and say, well, there's a big problem. People need help. I can help them. I've got, I'm close. I'm getting good feedback. You know, the people I'm working with are, 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 are giving me feedback that I'm, I'm helping them. Uh, i got an obligation and not only do the people – the group I'm actually trying to help in terms of users, but but the people who have believed in me to this point. So that, that's what I guess uh, sort of brings me up from the depths. Obviously, the next hour could be, "Woo! I can't believe that was so." You know, yeah. <laughs> the highs and lows. I mean, it's getting through those lows is the key. Um, so that's what I, I. That's and and that whole. And you do read the stories, of, you know, the Instagrams or the, whatever, the, the overnight. In theory, always, if you dig deeper, there's usually a 10-year story. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, you read those stories and you think, wow, that, that seemed easy for them. But, um, but I think the reality is for everyone, it's, it's a long process and uh, it, t- it takes a long time to get there. So. It's incredible how important it is for entrepreneurs to know when they start this journey, it is absolutely going to be a roller coaster ride. And it's those people that can really get through the highs and get through the lows because both are difficult to manage at times that really find that success. And I've already pulled out some great things from this interview already, like the 90% of working in their business and only 10% being able to market. I mean, that's great stuff right out of Michael Gerber's E-Myth Revisited. And then you talking about that you're actually getting out to your customers and getting great feedback that's awesome stuff, right? A lean startup with Eric Reese. I mean, it's so important just to get out there with that minimally viable product and start getting feedback and start interacting with your customers so you can really be one of them and understand what their pains are even more so. So I'm loving the direction this is going, Phil. Let's keep this motivation going. We're going to delve into the next topic, which is failure, which is just obstacles and challenges that every entrepreneur faces. I've already asked you to share how you get through certain dips and just certain walls that you hit, but take us back to a time in your journey. Take us back to your journey as an entrepreneur when you failed or when you just hit this obstacle that you did not think you were going to be able to overcome, and then share with us how you overcame that obstacle. Well, actually, it's gonna, we're going to stay on a theme here because uh, when I first started the business, I went into a, an accelerator, which, um, you know, for those who don't know, is basically you have three months. And we went in with a PowerPoint, came out with a, a sort of beta product. So it was a fairly intense uh, three months to, to, to go, you know, and, you know, they give you a little bit of money and a few things. But um, but the big big thing about it, you get a lot of advisors uh, and mentors involved. So um, I guess I found it pretty cha- – the big challenge I had was trying to stay – true to the vision because the the concept really came from 
small business people and they, they they said they didn't want the analytics and the complexity they just want it simplified and then they most importantly they want to know what to do next you know <laughs> seeing a number isn't much good so and i had a very clear view on what that should look like i mean one guy said uh, he wanted it to be like espn score center you know it's something he uses every day to check the nfl or whatever so um so that was really the vision uh going into it and because we had all these uh advisors and even team members who really didn't really get that and you know a lot of them are from the technology space so they were thinking about you know data visualizations and heat maps and all kinds of uh things we could do and and just staying true to what the original vision was was um uh was you know really a huge challenge and so what what i um i, th I think what the way i overcome it was just keeping talking to users and keeping getting the validation from them. Uh, and so that's that's really um, what helped me stay true to the vision because when I got the the, the product and what we're working on in front of, of real business people, that, like the 90% the operator, 10% marketer type person, they they validated everything. In fact, they gave me ideas that, that are key now, like the whole smart tips concept we'll be bringing in expert advice linked to each statistic that was from a user and, and that was just those kind of breakthroughs they're the highs i mean they all are that when you get those breakthrough moments from from users like that it's just you know this is this is this is where you're going to get success and that so I, in the end of the day I, I i guess the lessons from all that was um you know you got you really have to get people involved who really understand who you're trying to serve you know we're not trying to ch you know give a solution to tech startups that have you know, could be full time on on their online marketing. We're trying to help you know the ninety eight percent of the rest of the world. So and and staying close to those people um, and getting other people are involved who also not just you know, intellectually get that there's a problem, but but emotionally get it that have lived the life of have been in a small business and know how little time you have and 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 you know, I think you know the big names, the the Facebooks and everything get all the all the all the press. But you know, if you're you're putting it all on the line and you're starting a dry cleaner, and you know you put you know you fifty grand or whatever it is in to buy the business, and um, you know that, that that's just that's a much bigger risk in a lot of ways than dropping out of Harvard to try something. You know, so uh, I, the other people that I absolutely um, you know kept got me through you know all the pressure to change to go different directions uh, it was staying true to that that core group and and uh, just that so that was that was uh, that was kind of the the the, the big obstacle and, and how I sort of work my way through it and stay true to work and that's why the product is where it is it's all about you know staying focused on the people we're trying to help help Powerful insights, Phil. Now, take two minutes and take us through the incubation process. There's so many people, myself included, outside looking in who are just fascinated with this incubation period, this three months of just intensive business therapy where you're just going in and you're the coming out a new person or a new business. Take just two minutes, push the fast forward button from day one to day 90. Take us through that. We just had a PowerPoint. So other people had fully developed products. So the companies are at different stages. Um, so, you know, we went and we had to start from ground one, from, you know, build everything. <laughs> so, uh, you know, from uh, starting with the prototypes, um, uh, you know, wireframing, uh, you know, building it, you know, starting talking to people, potential advisors to bring in, uh, you know, to obviously talk, spending a lot of time with users, all that stuff. So there was a, for us, it was, you know, we really were starting from the ground up. Um, but, but um you know, so as we, the, th the thing is, every, it is, uh, at least 
the accelerator we went through, and I think most of them are very sort of pitch orientated. So trying to get down what you what you're trying to do uh, in a very short short way and impactful way. Um, so because at the end there is a demo day, there's a time frame. So within after three months, you've got to you know you've got to <laughs> you got to pretty present something that, that an investor might actually invest in. Um, so that's that that's so going through that process and just getting in the routine uh, of you know. Far, you know, developing things fast with that kind of frame. Uh, so I think for me it was, um, you know, and, and you do get a lot of good mentors coming in, a lot of people that are trying to help and have been through different aspects, uh, a lot of, you know, speakers, expert speakers and UX, you know, user experience design, things like that, uh, coming in and helping. Um, so, you know, you got like this community around you, you've got, you're in this pressure cooker with another 12 companies that are all doing the same sort of thing. Uh, and, uh, and then I guess it does, it starts, it's just sort of it gets into a routine, you know. You you, you go through the week and you, you they've got a scheduled sort of um, um, a, a bunch of activities that that happen every week and uh, and the time but the time goes fast obviously because it's sort of a whirlwind. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that, that uh, you know day to day it's really just getting in there and getting to work. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so are you actually going into this incubation area where you're kind of on lockdown and you're in this place for eight, ten, twelve, however however many hours per day? Yeah, I oh know. There's a um, yeah, definitely. You, you, you're in. The, I mean, that's part of the benefit is that actually the people. Actually, the best, probably the most strongest thing you get out of it is the network of people who are all. Um, you know, I'm obviously still talking to you know a bunch of the different people that were in there. So you know, there's there's a whole range. You know, everyone from you know people from just out of college through to people in their fifties. You know, so um, for at least in our accelerator, and so that that group, that cohort, that that's a really important group so you know a lot of it is you know, and a lot of and it's such a huge range of skills you know you know from you know mobile development to you know <laughs> so you know across a whole range of uh, different industries so you do get you, you know you build a really important um you know group of people that uh that are very helpful to the business so being in there with them is is a key part of it so thank you for sharing that phil and Let's lead into our next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum. That's the aha moment. You've been very generous. You share with us challenges, obstacles, failures that you've encountered. Now share with us an aha moment that you've had when a light bulb just came on and you just said, wow, this is going to resonate with my clients, with my target audience. And then how did you turn that light bulb moment into success? Well, I guess I'm going back to the theme, really. I mean, actually, it's not just being in this in technology, uh, the whole my whole career, uh, I've always been pretty creative when I'm, you know, within any role, and it's always the the end customer, the user, that gives you the answer. And the ahas, I, I don't think I've come up with any probably on my own. It's more, um, you know, if you, if you pe- people just give you the answer if you're willing to listen. Uh, and well, so, what think, was a specific aha that somebody gave to you that you said, "Wow, that is it." Well, I mean, the smart tip thing, you know, um, the you know, the 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 idea. Typically, when you're talking about metrics, you think about numbers, and usually, what people think next is, "Well, I probably need more numbers to do analysis and get insight." And but the reality is, you know, even IBM struggles to <laughs> actually get insight from data on one-off on a one-off basis. Oh so, yeah. Uh, uh, but if you look at it in the real world, you know, some places like Mashable, if you put a five tips to do whatever, they're some of the most popular uh, posts. So. One user said to me, you know, could you just bring in some content, you know, bring in, um, you know, so if, if we're talking about open rates, why not, you know, at, with that, next to that statistic, tell me 
in a real actionable way, not a not a two page article, but you know, we actually do them with eighty characters. But you know, do this to get that. You know, if you uh, use Mailchimp's A/B testing tool to increase open rates 70 percent, which is the stat that Mailchimp has, and then link to a one minute Mailchimp video on how to do that. So that the other kind of things people want linked to the number because the number really, you know, is kind of meaningless in a lot of ways <laughs> apart from you want to improve. Uh, so the, the content piece uh, was really what drove that. And then the phase we're working on now, is, which is a much bigger uh, development, is and again from users who said, you know, I just want to wake up Monday morning and know the one thing I should focus on based on my business. So we're, we're doing a, this is a major project behind the scenes with, with, with data and algorithms and all kinds of things. But that, those kind of insights is like, you know, that's just gold. That's just you know, that's what it's all about and that's what drives everything. So uh, I think, yeah, my ahas are all um, all about, you know, just getting, you know, getting comfortable with people that and listening, really listening to them and, and, and uh, understanding from their perspective what they're really looking for, what's really what really can help them in their, their, current, their, their situation, not in yours. So, uh. The reason why those are such powerful aha moments, Phil, is because we can have our own aha moments and they may just not resonate at all with our target audience or with any audience whatsoever. So until we actually get out there and test what we believe in or what we think may work, it's not until then that we're actually going to know if it is going to be a viable business. So the fact that you even kind of take that one step further and just wait, in a sense, for your aha moments to come from your clients, your target audience, is an extremely powerful method to go through. So I definitely commend you for that. Yeah, well, and the, the, the key is obviously you filter. You, you got to remember who you're trying to trying to you know say closest, say focus on the overall group that you're trying to reach. So you know you get a lot of suggestions, but you, you the, I guess the key is the filtering part is you know what what is the the theme, and then then obviously once you get some of these, you start testing them with other people, and you say if I did this, would you you know would you be uh, you know be dancing and singing <laughs> so uh, um so th there is a filtering process because you do get a lot of suggestions but the the, the ones you know the, the ones that stand out maybe that's something because uh, i've been doing this for 20 years and, and dealing with you know uh trying to figure out how to grow grow businesses um i maybe got pretty good at filtering out and, and sort of seeing the, the red hot ones but but still it's just it, you know the the you know, it, it gives me gives you a lot of confidence too. If you know you're building something that people have actually asked for, and not just one person, maybe a few people, and and they're asked. It's the passion, I guess, the way they ask it. It's not like oh, I'd be okay if it's, but it it would change my world if you could. <laughs> that's a powerful that, statement right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. So and then that's the stuff you want to focus in on. Not the you know, there's a lot of little things you can do, but the, and some of them are important, but. It's the change my world situation. Uh, that's the ones that uh, to make the difference. And there's also more ways to look at it too because you can't just always be relying on feedback from customers alone because they're just going to give you feedback about what they want in the world that they know that exists. Yeah. I just recently was reading Steve Jobs' biography with Apple and he really got into the fact of how he really wanted to give people what they didn't even know they wanted yet as far as people didn't know about the the swiping and the pinching and the dragging. They couldn't have come up with that concept on their own. So nobody would have came to Steve Jobs and said, hey, this is what I want you to create. I want you to create this pinch and this drag and these, these grid icons because they didn't have that concept yet. So there's definitely multiple angles to look at here. You want to be getting great feedback from your customers and those huge light bulbs that are going off from them. But at the same time, you want to be innovating for them. Yeah. Well, I think, I think part of that is, you know, I'm sure someone 
or actually Steve Jobs himself. I mean, I guess one of the things is with this is I am kind of designing this for myself at some level too, because it's um, and, and, yeah, I, I just I think this thing needs to be simplified anyway. But so it's kind of a Steve Jobs scenario. But the I think but people would, could say to you, it'd be cool if I could do this with my phone. And how you execute that? I mean, that's your special source. You know what the user experience is to deliver that. That's and there's a lot of detail around that. And I've got a great user experience team in New Zealand who, you know, turned to the you know turned did a great job in con converting some some <laughs> some screens into into something that's uh, that's pretty awesome. So uh, I think that that, that you, you, can, you can understand the need and, and what they're really wanting to do uh, and how you actually execute that. And, and that's you know that's where you can rise up. You know, do some. That's where you do your cool stuff. And that there is there is a lot of stuff there to to uh, um, like, you know like with the you know the whole touchscreen thing. And I mean that whole touchscreen concept that was out there, right? So. Uh, if, if you if you look at that, you say, well, you know, this technology's there, and this person's asking whether they could, you know, use their phone for these uses. What's the best way to do that? Well, we've got this way, this way, this way. I think touchscreen, given the size of the screen and the way the technology's developing, where it's going to be in five years' time, that's probably the right solution. You know, so um, and you know, with, with our, our application's responsive, um, so that actual application is device neutral, uh, and part of that was. You know, it's too early right now. Why we did there was a lot more work, but what it means is you don't have to download an app or do anything. You just turn it on, and whatever device you show up with will work, and and be and the app reconfigures to meet to you know for that device. And that um, we did that not because of you know mobile mobile's big now, but it's going to be a lot bigger in two or three years' time. So we want to be designing the app now, core principles around the future, not. The current, you know, so I think so. All of those things bring coming together to, to bring these, uh, you know, to hopefully come come up with something that that works now, but actually gets better with time, you know. <laughs> That's the key, Phil, for sure. Have you had an "I've made it" moment? Uh, no, I think I've had a lot of "I'm closer" moments. <laughs> those are those are cool. Close, yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, the made it thing. Uh, I, I, um, no, I think because every time. Every milestone you hit, it, there's always the next milestone. <laughs> so there's always the next thing. Uh, so I, I'm not sure I, I could say that I've done it. I made it, but uh, I definitely. I mean, you know, every day you're, you're getting a few unclosed moments, and that's a good thing. Absolutely, and I just always love entrepreneurs' response to this question because they always interpret it differently. Some people say, "Man, I've had, I've made it moments every single day of my life," and others say. I'll never have one till the day I die because that will denote the end of my journey. And I love how you use the word, I'm getting there moments, milestones, because it's all about the journey. And you need to be appreciating and enjoying these milestones, these accomplishments that you're making along the way in your journey. And your journey has been pretty interesting, Phil. I mean, it's taken you from New Zealand to Providence, Rhode Island, and I'm sure other places in between and potentially afterwards. So are you enjoying the journey? Yeah, well, I think it's it's what I'm what I'm meant to do, you know. I think it's uh, you know like these kind of challenges. I am pretty persistent, so I think you got the basic kind of mindset. Uh, it was actually going right back. I mean, when I, I actually did law at college and university in New Zealand, and even did a master's in law, and then uh, came out of that, and a friend of mine said, uh, you know, I want to start this export business. Do you want to help me? And so suddenly, I was without knowing anything about business, ended up uh, at being an entrepreneur at 24. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, it's sort of, you gravitate to this stuff. Um, and I have tried working for big companies and, you know, this, 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 you can really make a difference in the world here. I think, uh, you know, by creating your own thing, not 
um, being within and, and actually this is what Revenize is really about I mean I, I, the, the, the bigger goal for Revenize is to help more people make it more viable for people to uh, start their own thing whether they're doing something in their garage or whatever but you know be able to the, you know, it's good to be able to make something or, or create a service, but sooner or later you got to sell it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Revenize is all about you know spreading the uh, making it much more, much much easier for uh, for everyone to get in the game because you know I think the way the the world is today, e- the economic model needs to change. More people need to be doing their own thing, not not just Harvard dropouts, but you know everyone uh, needs to have a you know needs to have their own thing because you know the chances of retirement being around for most people are pretty low. I would think uh, the way things are looking. So, which is a real positive thing because you can actually do something you're passionate about. You know the Etsy Etsy's of the world, what they're doing, all that sort of stuff, just unbelievably cool. And and you know we we were all about trying to help, trying to continue that revolution and 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 take it worldwide. So uh, and and help everyone. So that's that's. Uh, that's, I guess, um, yeah, the big stuff from me. But. Well, speaking about passion, Phil, let's talk about your current business right now. What is one thing that's really exciting you about Revenizer right now? There is something big that we're working on behind the scenes that that um, we, we are, we, we, I think we're getting closer to, to really getting to the core of it and uh, helping people focus because um, I think, you know, every business is about focus. And if we can, uh, so we're working at what we're working on is, is helping businesses focus on the number one thing within a channel within their uh, within the online marketing suite of options um, so, so for the biggest revenue impact so it, it sounds small but it's that one going back to the uh, you know if I can if you can wake up Monday morning and know that you need to focus on email open rates because that's going to most likely lead to revenue impact so if you've got even though you may, you know, get a website, probably got social, you got all kinds of things. But this week, if you can improve this stat by X amount, then we can, then you can expect to see uh, uh, the biggest possible revenue imp- impact. That is complete gold to people, and that that's what we're working on behind the scenes. And there's a lot, lot, lot. Go- that's a huge project. And uh, um, but that that's I think that's the thing that really excites me because I think. That would mean that smaller businesses can really start competing with the bigger players out there, and and that's what you know I want to have happen. Um, so uh, because they, they they can spend their time in the best with the best possible outcomes, and uh, and ultimately I think small business, especially with social and everything else, should be able to beat out you know the Coca Colas of the world. You know they may have five million likes, but they don't know any of them. <laughs> Whereas a small business might have a couple hundred, but they know 50, you know, most of them. So those sort of things, I think, you know, that, that's the, that's the thing that really excites me. I think we, you know, we, we could make a real difference with this, this new, new thing we're working on, uh, which underlies the whole Revenizer platform. So that, that's, that's what, you know, get, gets me going, uh, along with a lot of other things. <laughs> Exciting stuff. I'm going to have to stay attuned to that. So, Phil, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds, and this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Well, it sounds like a plan. I'm not sure I'm up for it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Phil, what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, I had a few things, actually. I mean, you know, obviously, I've been in and out of entrepreneurship work for some big companies, but uh, um, before I... Sort of came out and started working on the uh, Revenizer thing. Uh, it was um, I think you know you get 
the stability of you know salary benefits all that stuff i think is part of it but also i was working in a turnaround environment I actually joined a startup and then we bought a big company it was a big turnaround and i felt like i had a real obligation to the people uh working there to stay there and and see it through so i think that that was my late the thing that held me back uh most recently um but if you go back to the really early days and i think this is about culture you know about entrepreneurial cultures you know when i grew up in new zealand you know starting your own business at least for me was not even you know, I was get a job. You know, go to university, get a job. That was every, there wasn't even a, a con, con, you know, no one contemplated starting their own thing. But the the, the difference in New Zealand is, is a bunch of farmers, and all those guys are, and women are, are small business owners and operators. And so uh, the guy I actually started the business with when I was twenty four was a son of a farmer. You know, he he grew up uh, with the the try you know the, the the challenges and the and the opportunities of of small business. So I think. Um, so I think that they, kind of, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, being being part of a culture that actually encourages people to become uh, entrepreneurs is, is pretty important. And that's that's an area. So I think there's a couple of things. First, you know, in the early days, it was just, yeah, you know, it actually is an option and it actually can be pretty good, pretty, uh, pretty rewarding outside, you know, getting a job. And, and then, you know, more specifically, it was the um, when I had the. You know, when you when you're working with a group of people and you, in a turnaround environment, you 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 know that you got to really stick those things out, even though it is painful. So that was a couple of couple of reasons, but uh, that, that helped me back. What is the best business advice you ever received? My dad said to me, you know, uh, if you believe that something's the right thing to do, do it. <laughs> uh, and um, I think that that was the uh, that that's been um, that was key. Uh, yeah, he he said, you know, unless there's some sort of risk of physical harm, <laughs> right. caveat, but otherwise, uh, you know, do the right thing. Uh, I had one guy, I worked for one guy in Australia and he said, you know, the good guys win in the end was his, uh, his line, which could have been my, one of my quotes, I guess as well. But, uh, because I think, uh, you keep doing the right thing, keep focused on that, that, uh, even though, you know, you might see other people jumping ahead for less than dubious, for not for the right reasons. At the end of the day, you know, you'll come out the winner if you keep doing the right thing. So. If you could only choose two websites to obtain all the information you needed, what would they be and why? Two websites. Um, well, I think, well, Wikipedia. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> That's got pretty much everything. Um, and the other one, um, well, I, I, I got to say, I mean, Google for me has been you know, a, revolution, a revelation since 2000, since they started rolling. Um, so, I mean, those the bill that that's just an amazing change in the world. That um, you know, it is kind of like having an oracle that you can just sort of say, "Here's my question, give me the answer." You know, so. And I want it to be the first response. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's most important. Yeah, yeah. Answers, not not just results. Yeah. Phil, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Well, I really like Basecamp. I think, uh, you know, those guys, you know, 37 Signals do a great job on everything pretty much. So, yeah, uh, Jason Freed is the man. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a, it's a really strong one. Um, but yeah, you know, Basecamp's sort of my go-to. Uh, you know, outside that, obviously Gmail, things like that. I mean, Google are doing a fantastic job too, those two. Yeah. Google apps in general, you just can't go wrong. Phil, if you could recommend a book for Fire Nation, what would it be? Uh, I think uh, the one I probably, uh, you know, obviously read a lot of books over the years, but I think the one, uh, uh, Seth Godin's um, Purple Cower, I think that was one that um, really resonated with me because 
you know, there's no point doing something, knocking off someone else or doing something similar. It's got to be different. It's got to stand out from the crowd. And, uh, and um, I think the Purple Cow book really, that, that was one for me that was uh, really impactful. Quick note, Fire Nation, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com, a gift from Audible for Entrepreneur on Fire listeners. That's eofirebook.com. So, Phil, this is the last question, but it's my favorite. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with a great answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Well, I did have a little pre-warning on this, so I thought about that one a bit. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I um I would buy Revenizer.com <laughs> <laughs> and then start a consulting business and raise money for uh, creating a Revenizer on that world because uh, you know it, right now this is this is what it's all about and um you know this this is this is something that uh, I'm it's gonna it can make a big difference in the world and I'm gonna make it happen so whatever world that is. <laughs> It's identical to Earth, so if you think it's going to work here, it's definitely going to work there. Yeah, exactly. That was my thought. <laughs> awesome, Phil. Well, listen, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your knowledge. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks a lot. Fire Nation is an incredibly passionate and engaged audience. An Entrepreneur on Fire gets over 150,000 unique downloads every month. If you have a product or service that you know would resonate with Fire Nation, go to sponsoreofire.com and join past sponsors like Chris Brogan, who saw incredible results. That's sponsoreofire.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.